Hello and welcome to episode 79 of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew and this week we are excited to bring you part two in our mini-series on agency tools. And in this episode, Gray and I chat about all things project management, time management, uh, password tracking, communication, all of the things that we are in every single day as agency owners. And in here we just dive into an overview of the tools, how we have them set up, and how you should set up your tools, at least when you're thinking about it from a strategic point, because most folks don't think they just set up new accounts. So without further ado, folks, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. This week, I, Gray, am chatting with my pal, Andrew Dimmer. Welcome to this, this week's podcast. Um, and we are going to kind of continue our little mini-series here talking about the tools that we use, um, kind of what we have gone through uh, learning process-wise and are continuing to experience what we're currently using in our tool stack at GuavaBox and at Do Inbound. Um, so last week, we started on this operations tack, kind of hitting on some of the tools that we've used for things like HR and hiring. We have, we talked, chatted through finance, some of the tools that we have used and, uh, and are currently using their legal stuff, talked about documents, proposal software, that type of thing. And so we're going to continue on that tack this week and dive into what we use for team communication and client communication, lead communication, all those things, uh, project management, talk about some of the different elements that we use to uh, manage projects, to track time and efficiency, store files, keep processes in places, manage passwords, all that stuff. And then probably lastly, we'll just hit on real quickly what we use to connect different services together when there's not a built-in integration and, uh, and some of the ways that we use Zapier and some options that you have in that space. Tim, are you ready to dive into this thing? I'm ready to go. This is like everyday living it kind of stuff. So we spend a lot of time here and I'm excited to chat about the process. All right. Let's get it going then with the communication aisle. This is going to be aisle, uh, <laughs> aisle B3. You want to start off with, you can pick our favorite, your favorite tool that we use in communication here, but maybe just give us a quick rundown of the, the favorite tools that you have. Favorite tools I have, I spend a lot of time talking to, to customers inside of Uber Conference. That's like what we use for um, our onboarding. It's what Ryan uses for demos and on the agency side, we use it there for client meetings. We use it for prospect meetings. And it's just a great, quick and easy tool, uberconference.com. And then they, you get a, a URL where you basically have a standing open meeting room. And then whoever you're meeting with, you just share that URL. They can go, they can go to that URL and view the room just from their computer. Or they can view the room and call in from their phone so they can see the screen, but their audio is through their phone. Or they can just do it on the phone. So it's like conference calling plus screen sharing all in one and it's really easy to use so I love using that um, and I spend a lot of time just talking to people in there um, I mean we're running a, a cohort group this quarter through uber conference and it's been working out really really well so if I'm going to pick out one from the list gray I'm picking uber conference 
Yeah, Uber Conference is really nice too. That it has that dedicated URL, so it's always going to be the same place when you're doing things like a cohort or just even in the sales process. It's not uncommon to have multiple demos with someone, get someone else from the team on board. Um, so, or or to go from demo to onboarding, um, kind of learn it. But you also have the ability to lock the room once you're in there. The one thing to note about Uber Conference is it doesn't have video sharing. It's awesome. It's screen sharing. Super easy to use. Um, there's a lot of cool features with like text message reminders and some of the ways that they get people to actually show up on calls. But it doesn't have video. So what we use for video calls um, right now as we're recording this, we use Skype. And that's not a super common tool for us to use. We'll, I mean, we're using it every week for podcast recording. Um, and depending on someone's internet connection, if we're connecting with someone for the first time, and especially uh, with folks internationally, it's pretty common to use Skype just because that's kind of the standard. But we use appear.in a lot of times. And so similar to Uber Conference, you set up like an appear.in room. And once you have everyone in there, you can lock it if you want to. Um, but basically that allows for video sharing and you can screen share with, I think it's up to eight people right now. They're working on some premium stuff, but I have not seen it may even be out yet. I haven't seen it come out yet. And certainly at the time that you're listening to this, possibly in the future, it may be out. But right now their free version is awesome for up to eight people. So that works for most of our um, most of our small meetings and kind of informal get-togethers when you need to work through a project together. Uh, let's talk about – so I think just real briefly we'll touch on this. Probably don't need to spend – any time or much time here, but we use uh, Google Apps for business, Google Apps for work. I think it's Google Apps for work now um, for email, calendar, Google Drive, um, all those types of things. But really, we internally do not use email almost at all because, dun, 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 like probably so many agencies out there, we have moved to Slack. We started with HipChat way back in the day. And uh, and then Slack came out and was awesome. So we migrated to Slack and are using Slack. We are on a paid, um, I think they're mid-level tier with Slack. Don't remember what that's called. Do you remember what that's called there? Professional? Yeah, no idea there, Gray. <laughs> uh, no. It allows you to have more integrations um, and unlimited history with your team. And so we, we use a ton of integrations in our Slack uh, portal. So that uh, we we quickly bumped up against that barrier and went to a paid plan there. But that is, what do you think, Dimmer? Ninety percent of our internal communication, other than when we're on calls. Yeah, maybe ninety-five. Like all the, well, even like the appear dot in their integration with Slack is really cool because you can just throw it'll like randomize a video room right into Slack with a with a slash command. So. Like integrated, like it's it's everywhere, dude. It's yeah. kind of crazy how fast that's taken. Or just like reshape the way we do business, you know. And talking with other agencies, they've kind of seen the same thing. Like Slack has somehow stumbled on a very addictive formula to get people to engage with their application all the time. They really have. There are a ton of. I think that having the bot marketplace, kind of like the app store. Um, has just been awesome for them. So I'm going to give you guys a couple examples of bots that we use. Um, one of them, I think, which we talked about last week. So I'm not going to 
uh, I'm not going to continue on that one, but uh, I, and we may have even talked about all of these, but um, the Howdy Bot for daily and weekly check-ins. Um, we, I think, did we hit on the Workout Bot? Oh, yeah, we talked about the Workout Bot. We did. Um, so that's another one in there. But then there's so many other tools that we use. We use, uh, I guess, on the communication front also, we use Drift for um, live chat through the website right now. And that's directly integrated with Slack. Um, and that's been awesome. But then a ton of other integrations that we use like for customer support using Intercom um, and having that right uh, poured right into Slack is awesome. Um, so there's just so many integrations and bots out there that you can use. Um, there's one called Duo that we mentioned for one-on-ones. There's the growth bot um, from HubSpot. There are just so many tools that you can use to integrate with Slack and so many tools now are integrating directly. Um, that's obviously on our to-do list here at Do Inbound is get a Slack integration built in. So it's possible by the time you're listening to this that that will be in place as well. Um, but it just makes managing so much work so easy. Um, so I'm a big fan of Slack. There are obviously downsides. One of the things that we have to figure out and work through and I think every – Everybody who uses Slack has to figure out is what's the team's kind of informal or unwritten rule, or maybe it's written in some in some places about what's an appropriate response time to Slack. How do you let somebody know, hey, this is really urgent or this is not urgent, or do you break it down into like, hey, if I'm going to Slack you about it, that means it's not that urgent. If I call your phone or text you, that means it's urgent. Um, how does that get broken down? So I think that's something that we'll have to work through, but that's kind of our communications tool stack right now. Yeah, and I think Slack has kind of turned into like the business dashboard almost. Like with all the integrations that you hit on, Gray, we're just sending a lot of information there for regular, just so that it's the place where we live. We get updates there. If we need more context, we can always dive into the other tools. Um, But we get the overview in Slack. It keeps us kind of our finger on the pulse of what's going on um, and allows us to dive in where we need to dive in. Um, one thing that might help a little bit is just like an overview of our channels, maybe like, so people, this might help give people some inspiration or something. Yes. Go Um, for it. So like, first of all, we've got a, we've got a general channel, which is kind of like general stuff. (laughs) This is like everyday conversation. This is where the howdy report comes in. So when everyone goes through howdy in the morning and they check in to say, here's what I did yesterday, here's what I'm doing today. Here are the obstacles that are in my path. That Once everyone has checked in, the, the published check-in goes to our general channel. So everyone who's in the main Slack group can get in there. They can see it. And so we know what everyone's up to this morning. We have a discovery channel, which is just hashtag discovery. And if any of us find a cool article or a cool video that we want to share, uh, we'll just throw it in discovery. And kind of the unwritten rule of discovery is like you don't need to to reply to that. It's just kind of like a running directory of awesome. And that's pretty cool in there. Um, We've got our live chat um, channel. This is where any live chat from the website using Drift gets thrown into that. Um, So you can reply right in Slack or you can click a link in there and go out into Drift and reply in there. Our marketing channel, this is where we talk about marketing stuff, but it's also, uh, we get different notifications in here and stuff. Um, Operations, again, talking about operations. So if we have any like process documentation that we're doing or if we need to make any updates to the system that that runs the company, we talk about it in operations. 
Um, sales is another channel that's just um, we'll share sales assets in there, resources that are helpful for sales, conversations around specific prospects. Um, success is like a place to talk about um, customer success stories. And we get notifications in there when people are enrolling in our uh, doing them training center so that we know that they're engaging in what they need to engage in. Uh, and then our support channel is where all of our intercom messages go. So if someone is a customer of Doing Bound, they're in inside, they click the little Doing Bound button, uh, they can go in and chat with us through intercom. So that's just an overview. I thought that would be helpful, Gray, just for folks. Um, on the agency side, like you can throw different channels. Like we have a, a general clients channel in our Doing Bound or our Guava Box um, Slack, but we also on specific projects will break out like our own their own either channels or our own team to help manage the projects in Slack. And getting customers into Slack has been really, really helpful for you know, Slack probably not perfect for every client, but those who are using Slack, it's been a really good experience. Yeah, I'm I was kinda of surprised by that because I knew that we were timid with the very first client, probably early twenty fifteen, uh bringing that first client into Slack and it actually worked out Really well. Obviously, you have a couple ways that you can do that. One is you could set up a brand new team for them, which we've done before. But you can also just set up a channel and have single channel guests that you bring in and kind of run everything through there, which we've also um, done in the past. So either way um, can work. I guess it just depends on the scope of the project and what you prefer for your workflow. Um, but yeah, I, I think I could see how that could go poorly, but so far that's gone really well. Yeah, it's been good. So. Anything else you want to add on Slack? I feel like we're droning here about Slack. I know. Right? Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's talk about project management. You want to kick us off here, Dimmer, with you know, obviously um, we aren't going to, as as the people behind Do Inbound um, and really excited about that product, uh, we're not going to surprise you and say, just kidding, we're using Basecamp. Um, but we do have a different set of tools, and we want to kind of break down some of the things that we've found helpful um, mm-hmm. So, Dimmer, do you want to kick us off with like the way that we use Do Inbound, both for client work and for um, internal stuff? And that could probably be a whole. Well, I mean, there's a ton of training stuff that we've already put together about that, um, and there's a ton more that we could do. But maybe the high level overview, and then we can talk through some of the other things that we use for stuff like uh, password management and that kind of stuff that's not built into our project management software. Yeah. So when it comes to project management, we uh, we first need to know that no tool solves a problem. There's no magic pixie dust out there that's just going to make client engagements flow smoothly in the future. Every tool that you're going to use requires work to set up. And most of the project management tools out there, Gray, you and I have discovered this by trial and error and thousands of uh, invitation emails. There's, they're just a whiteboard. You know, they're a, they're a system that you can use that to implement a system to run your agency. But if you don't have that system built out, your own agency framework, it's really kind of frustrating because you get in there and you think all these features are going to solve your problems, but they're not. They're just going to make your life more frustrating. And you're going to sink more and more time into setting up a platform. But what is really valuable is an agency operating system. And that's just a basically a blueprint of what are we going to do to power our agency. And at Do Inbound, we're all about breaking things down into campaigns, breaking campaigns down into individual deliverables, breaking deliverables down into tasks, and giving each task a checklist and an owner. So that framework 
is built into the logic of do inbound from the foundation. Uh, so that's you can easily apply that to client work, to ongoing inbound retainers where you have a campaign that centers around an ebook as its primary deliverable. It has 12 blog posts with it. It has 12 social media scheduling sessions. It has one database email to help promote that ebook at the beginning. And it has a campaign planning deliverable about two-thirds of the way through so that you're planning and ready for the next campaign when it's time to launch it. That's kind of our formula for an ongoing inbound campaign. But you can also build a campaign around a website redesign process. You know, your first deliverable is going to be strategy and scoping. The second deliverable is going to be mock-up design, creation, and presentation. The third deliverable is going to be content creation or content gathering. The fourth deliverable is going to be building out the website templates. You know, and you can kind of follow the same framework by breaking down your website process like that. And another way that we use that framework is when we manage our internal operations. Uh, We've talked about here on the podcast before, we are an EOS company, uh, so we follow the entrepreneur's operating system. That influences a lot of what we do, a lot of the the meeting processes that we use. So we use Do Inbound to manage our rocks. So every quarter we have a, a rock campaign inside of our Do Inbound account. And inside of that campaign, each rock is represented as a deliverable and then within the deliverable of the rock, we break down all the tasks that are going to be required to complete that rock. And then we assign the ownership to each of those tasks so that we can progress through and we put date estimates in there of when we think things are going to get done. And it really helps us take big picture ideas, break them down into rocks, break those rocks down into owner like tasks with ownership. Um, so you can, you can bake things out like that. And we also use Do Inbound to manage our team meetings. So we've got our quarterly meetings campaign, and then each deliverable is a meeting. Uh, Like our weekly leadership meeting is a deliverable, and then within that deliverable, we have the tasks for running the meeting, like documenting, facilitating, time management are the three standing tasks. And then we also throw any follow-up tasks that come out of that meeting right into that deliverable. We assign ownership right there so that every week we just look at the deliverables and see which are complete, which are still in progress, and we get a, a nice visual report there of, of who's behind and who needs to catch up. Uh, so there's three examples quickly of like different ways to manage that, that same framework of campaign deliverable task. Do inbounds build for it, but there's a lot of tools out there that you can use. Really, if they've got a templating feature, that's that's a big bonus because if you if you follow that system and you don't have a templating feature, it's just a lot of redundant work as you're building things out. Uh, but you can kind of take that framework and fit it into um, a system if you're more comfortable in something or you're established in something. At least take the time to think about what's the framework that I'm operating off of. And Gray, as we've been you know thinking about project management, building out a tool to help you manage projects, but also manage those pro- projects powering them by process and documented process, you know, it's, it's just important to think about the big picture, not the features and what system are you trying to build into this, you know, this whiteboard. Yeah. I think that's where we got hung up for so long. Um, and I think that's the general tendency is like, Oh, this tool has a whole bunch of features you jump in. And then a lot of people in my experience and in, and in our own personal experience, like then you go through some onboarding, like just through the support and setup stuff and you're kind of taking how you're going to set up your whole platform from who, whatever the support um, documentation is like for that instead of coming in with, hey, here's the way that we are going to believe in managing projects and the requirements that we're going to have. And then now we need to make the system 
work with those. Obviously, there should be some flexibility within those lines, but I think that you're going to be much more successful if you come in with a plan and have defined uh, expectations and requirements um, and then figure out how to make that work rather than maybe we'll just use tasks for everything and we d- maybe we don't need templates since it's not part of this. Um, figure out what you do need and go off of that I think is a big takeaway um, at, regardless of the tool, but but for project management especially. Because of using do inbound, the vast majority of our processes live inside of do inbound. Um, what we used prior to that and uh, and still in some cases for stuff that we might share with clients where they may not always have access to do inbound. Um, and this might be things just like optimizing images for the web. Um, that's one example that we use pretty frequently um, with clients where we're, where we're giving them that. Um, we have used Google Docs for that and have a template just of, hey, here's how this is going to get broken down. Um, so that is that's another option for managing your processes. And when we talk about um, process, I mean, there's some tools like Sweet Process would be an example of a tool built specifically just for creating and housing those processes. It doesn't have the kind of template to active within the context of a campaign and a client uh, functionality that that a tool like Do Inbound does. Um, but it is awesome at uh, at being able to document processes and keep them in there. So that's something else that you might look at if you're not just using something like Google Drive. Speaking of Google Drive, let's transition from here right into one element of project management and just operations which would be file storage. I'm not going to go way deep into this just because we've done uh, a couple agency toolbox episodes about this, but just want to share with you guys right now for the bulk of our file storage, we're kind of going back and forth. And I think we, we've touched on this briefly in the past as well between Dropbox and Google drive. Um, it, the difference is there obviously for anything that you're going to be collaborating on. Google drive is awesome. Um, and Dropbox is a little bit harder but uh, but Dropbox is, I think that their Mac application and being able to see some of the updates, some of the stuff that they have built in is really nice for things like um, when, we're, when you're doing design mockups or audio files, working with a bunch of files um, that you want to quickly grab and, and manage inside folders and, and do editing and stuff. So we actually split and use both of those tools for right now. Demer, is there anything on that split? We've talked about just simplifying and going down to one platform. Anything with our setup right now that you think would be helpful for people to know that I didn't hit on there? I think the biggest thing, and I know you hit on it in the agency toolbox episodes, but it's just like you, just like you have a framework for running the agency, have a framework for managing your documents so that everyone knows where stuff is kept and you don't need to go to someone and say, Hey, where's this file? You know, break things down into a folder structure that can be repeated. So you'll have a folder structure for running the internal aspects of your agency, like your finance, your operations, uh, your HR, stuff like that. But then you're also going to have a client folder structure. You know, how do we manage our client documents? And you'll probably have the same seven or eight folders within that client document. Um, and then inside of that, each one of those, you're going to break out. you got contract. You've got your inbound game plan. You could have a like a build the funnel or a build the engine, um, like whatever your phases of your journey are, a website folder in there, um, inbound campaigns folder, social media folder where you just kind of keep all the images, the, the stuff that you need in there, whatever your mix is for your clients. 
standardize the document structure, share that with the team so everyone starts saving files within that structure. Oh my word, Gray, how much time are people going to save if they don't need to ask where a file is, they don't need to worry about a version because everyone's operating off of the same cloud-based file structure. You know, I would go insane if we didn't have our file structure in place. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing I would take away is what the tool doesn't matter as we say a lot, but like what you need to do is think about what am I putting into this tool? What's the system I'm putting into it? Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely true. If you guys want to see our folder system with a video and uh, everything inside there, um, we have an episode on agency toolbox called how to set up the best Google drive folder system for your agency. And that applies equally to, to driver Dropbox or whatever you're using for, for file management. But we'll walk you through what we use at GuavaBox um, so you can see the way that we have it laid out and color-coded and stuff. Um, so if you just – you can either just go to agency toolbox, um, do com slash agency toolbox or I think just slash toolbox. Or you can just Google um, Google Drive agency toolbox and that should pop right up for you as well. Um, the other thing to note there, this is not really – in, we may get into this uh, in future episodes when we talk about HubSpot, but we've also outlined the file structure, folder structure that we use inside of HubSpot, um, inside HubSpot's file manager for doing stuff specifically related to uh, to your HubSpot portal, which you can also find at Agency Toolbox or on the Do Inbound blog. Well, let's move on, though, from file storage, and let's talk about two more things here quickly. The first one, time tracking and efficiency. So I wanted to hit on a couple tools. Now, built into Do Inbound, we do have time tracking. That is what we use um, internally is do, because we have so much of our agency operating inside of Do Inbound. Um, but if you were trying to track a bunch of stuff, and there are things that come up that you may not want to keep inside of Do Inbound, um, maybe just because of, you know, if it's a super simple thing, like I'm replying to an email, I don't need to go in and create a task to reply to an email inside of do inbound, but you may want that time tracked and you may want that, um, for, or there might be stuff like a client meeting or a prospect meeting externally. Um, do inbound wasn't really built, uh, specifically for the sales team to be tracking their time inside of there, but you may want that time tracked. So I think it's worth thinking about what realistically, what are we going to do? What are we actually going to execute on and, and what do we want to do? What do we need to do? Um, and combine those two and decide what you need to use. I think if you're trying to track everybody's hours all of the time throughout the whole agency, I think it's worth looking at either a harvest or a toggle, something that's built specifically for that and has a lot more um, built out in terms of apps and reporting and um, and stuff that's specifically meant where the tool's uh, solely built for time tracking. So, that would be my recommendation would be one of those two tools. Um, Harvest obviously has been around for a while, but is a really powerful tool, integrates really well with a lot of different platforms. Um, so I'd look at that one. If you were looking at time tracking from a perspective of personal efficiency or productivity, one of the tools that I found really helpful is Rescue Time. Um, there's a free version, but there's also a paid version, which is really powerful and allows you to uh, to track your time and get breakdowns of where you're spending your time, how productive you are, um, how much time you're spending getting distracted or doing something else. And that one has been uh, helpful for me just to kind of see where am I spending my time on a daily and weekly basis and how does that trend over time and is that a good thing or a bad thing. Um, so I think the first step in uh, 
in a lot of cases to to solving a lot of things, just understanding what the problem is or or what the current status is right now. So that's a cool tool for doing that um, in terms of managing your efficiency and, and your time. Any other tools that I skipped over, uh, Dimmer, on the time tracking or personal productivity side? I mean, there's a ton of tools out there, but I think you hit on the top to look at first um, in terms of the time tracking stuff. So let's roll oh. on to your sweet spot, man. Password management. (laughs) Nobody seems to be good at this. Literally nobody. Um, This is kind of a holdover from the days where people would keep all their passwords on a note card inside their desk drawer. Um, You say holdover as if there's people out there that have stopped doing that. (laughs) Good point. Good point. If anyone wants my dad's passwords for anything, just kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so – where to keep passwords, one, so that you have them. I feel like that we've come a long way in that with things like LastPass and 1Password and Dashlane. There's a million password managers out there right now. My favorite for a long time has been 1Password. Um, I think that's kind of the gold standard in the password management space. LastPass has definitely come a long way as well, and that's an awesome tool and a less expensive one. The problem seems to be when people need to share passwords between a team, it either – lives in a document somewhere or is a constant ask from one person to the person who does have the password saved um, or it's written down somewhere. But but in a lot of cases, this is just a major headache. So what we have gone to here at Doombound is one password for teams. And basically what that allows you to do is bring everyone from your team into a one password account. You can create different vaults and share specific vaults with specific team members. So in our example, um, we have a vault that has uh, like our finance passwords. So that doesn't need to get all the, all the platforms that we use for uh, different parts of our um, financial operations. That doesn't need to get shared with the whole team and shouldn't get shared with the whole team. Um, Even though a lot of that data, a lot of our financial stuff is shared with the team. Um, we, you know, there's bookkeeping stuff and, and different passwords that just first they don't need to work on it, so they don't need to have access to that password. And potentially, uh, everybody who has access to that is a potential uh, vulnerability, obviously. So um, that's an example on the development side of things. Kind of the same same deal. Uh, there's nobody on the team who um, it's not necessarily a matter of trust. It's just a matter of uh, reducing the vulnerability and making sure that only people who know what they're doing with those passwords have access to them in those logins. So in our development uh, vault, we've got passwords that are going to be related to uh, to tools that we use during our development and, and product building um, processes. We've got operations. You, know, you can set up all these different vaults and then share passwords among team members who need to have access to those. Um, we have a general one, a social one. So for anyone who's on the marketing side of things and needs to have access to social logins, those are on there. And it's just a really quick way um, and one centralized place to have your passwords managed. It's not expensive, but it's not inexpensive either. And they're changing up their, uh, their pricing a little bit. But I think per team member, it's... Uh, probably 4 or $5 a month um, to have access to one password for teams. So I think in the grand scheme of things, it's well worth it for the time that you're going to save um, running around trying to find passwords and slack them over to, to different people. 
Um, but that's something to to think about and look at and what is the best tool out there. But the one that I would recommend uh, so far is definitely 1Password for Teams. And just like everything else we've hit on, spend 10 minutes before you set that up on a whiteboard and just map out what your your vault structure is going to be like. You know, it's the same process in your project management, in your document management, in your password management. What's going to be the logic that we use to organize everything? Because you're going to have a much higher activation rate if you have a, like a standard thought process to how you're setting things up. So when you share a new process with the team, they, they can see the logic, they understand where everything needs to go. And then you as the leader, whoever's implementing this, you've got to practice what you preach. You've got to follow along and make sure you're keeping everything and operating within the structure that you're trying to get them to operate in. Or Do you think they're going to adapt, Gray, if, if you're not doing it yourself? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem to work very well if that's, <laughs> if that's the case. Shockingly. Yeah, leadership, man. That's, that's rough. <laughs> Who came up with this concept anyways? Uh, cool. Well, let's not, let's not beat that one any longer. Um, but yeah, passwords, password management uh, is something that's slowed us down a lot before and feel like we finally have a good system for. Real quickly here as we're wrapping up, let's talk about the tool that we use that I'm assuming pretty much everybody is using, um, and that is Zapier for connecting different services. So we've already talked about and there's a ton more tools that we haven't gotten into. But just on the operations side, I don't know how many dozens of tools we've already mentioned or thrown out there. But connecting everything um, is a challenge. So the tool that we use is Zapier for connecting the vast majority of apps together um, when we need to send data from one service to another service. And uh, we use this in a lot of ways. We use it to when someone pays via Stripe, mark them as a customer inside of HubSpot. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff that we use with HubSpot specifically to give uh, different um, – change different properties in their HubSpot contacts record when they take certain actions. Um, but – and there's a ton of ways that we use this outside of HubSpot as well um, with financial services. Somebody pays to create a new paid invoice inside of uh, FreshBooks or um, whatever the whatever the different services. There's a ton of integrations that you can use. But I wanted to throw this one on here for anyone who's not using it or if anyone has any um, great examples of how they are using this in their agency, integrations they think everybody should be using, or any specific questions to send that over our way and, and hopefully we can uh, we can share that with the community or help you out with that issue. So um, I just wanted to bring that one up. Dimmer, I didn't have anything more specific to dive into there. I think that could be an agency toolbox episode at some point, just like what are the integrations that we've used and ways that we've used what are the different apps we have set up. But anything else you want to add here? Um, you know, it's just Zapier is going to be, it's going to be like the veins that connect everything. So again, go back to your whiteboard, have your system planned out and then use Zapier to, to blend the information together that you need. Um, they're getting better each and every day. So if you haven't checked them out, definitely go in and check them out. It's going to be well worth your time there because there's, you know, all of these systems cannot live on an island. Nothing is going to solve all of your problems, but bringing them together with a tool like Zapier can save you a lot of headaches. That is definitely true. Cool. Well, let's wrap up right here, Dimmer. Um, Guys, thanks for tuning in, for sticking with us for this episode. Hopefully it was helpful to you. Any suggestions that you have, questions that you have, shoot them our way, either on Twitter. Andrew's at Andrew J. Dimsky. I'm at S. Gray McKenzie. Or you can just grab us via email as well, Andrew and Gray at doinbound.com. Those are two separate addresses, not one. 
just for any of you thinking you can catch us both at the same time with a single email address and save yourself some keystrokes. LOL. You get have that to use, idea out of You have head. to use Slack for that, Gray, if you're going to get That's, both of us at the same time. That's correct, that channel. All right. We are going to sign off right here, guys. Thanks for your time. And until next week, have an awesome week and keep pushing forward. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.